0: Everybody, It is your uncle Brent and Raynell here with you bringing you the best of independent music Who are we interviewing today Brent?
1: We are interviewing Deb Morrison, a singer-songwriter and bass player based in South California um, Her solo debut The North Fork is scheduled for release next month in September So we're looking really forward to speaking with her Hi, how you Hi. doing? Hi, how are you? So, look look at what I have on.
0: <laughs> Is that a ghost hooker sticker?
1: It's a ghost hooker sticker. So, it's so funny. So, my daughter, Mabel, mm-hmm. likes stickers. And so, she put this on her shoulder and said, Dad, look, I have a name tag. And she kept pointing that. I was no, like, oh, no. <laughs> and all I could see was the ghost hookers. And I was like, no, you don't. And then later <laughs> on, I took it off. Can you see it?
0: No, because you're too close. It's showing me the background. Oh, back up more. Back up more. It's it's still showing me your carousel logo. There we go. I don't know what I'm looking at. It won't let me do it.
1: The red is Mabel. It says Mabel. Oh, okay. So it's on a Ouija board, and then in the middle of the Ouija board, it says Ghost Hookers. And she put her name in between Ouija and Ghost Hookers.
0: (laughs) He'll get a kick out of that.
1: So she was walking around today with her ghost hooker sticker on.
0: Just jamming.
1: I think it's funny. My my kids are just funny.
0: Your kids are funny.
1: They
0: are. How are you feeling?
1: Still have covered. Co- still have COVID head, but I'm doing a lot better. Um this week has been kind of brutal as far as work. But I'm not gonna complain because I can actually go to work. <laughs> You know, uh, Texas Scene TV is they're they're getting off the ground and stuff. And so I was talking I was talking to Randy
0: mm-hmm.
1: the other day, and I give Randy a real hard time, like probably harder time than I give you. And he goes, "You are like the ugliest wife I've ever had."
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh.
1: Uh-huh. And I just laughed. That was so funny.
0: I am able to gimp without the crutches. I'm able to drive. Uh, so I've been trying to drive. You've been
1: and, driving for like a week and a half now. No. Maybe two. No. I drove to the doctor's office.
0: Yep, that was the first time. Well, I drove like around the block a couple times just because I couldn't. But I'm not supposed to. And it is painful. It does hurt.
1: Really? Yeah. Are you not in the cast? No. Because when I had a broken foot, I was able to to use the hard part of the cast or the air cast because I, I had have, an air cast.
0: I have just the, like they put the boot on me. Mm. Um, But because it's just the toe, I mean, there's nothing to really cast. They've got it taped up to the two other toes. Mm-hmm. And so like, OK, so this is break one.
1: It's a very lovely finger.
0: It is. This is break one. For some reason, it didn't hit either joint. This is break two. Mm-hmm. And this is break three.
1: It's <laughs> crazy.
0: So it literally was like hanging.
1: You know, when you said they put the boot on me, it, it sounded a little like Wild Bill when he says it puts the lotion on <laughs> it.
0: It puts the lotion in the basket.
1: Mhm. So you're having a pretty rough time.
0: I have decided that it's the universe's way of telling me to slow the fuck down. I just wish that my bank account would agree with that statement. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being on the show. We appreciate it.
1: Thank you for being had.
0: So,
1: again,
0: (laughs) welcome to the show. I would like you to tell our listeners a little bit about you and your music.
2: Oh gosh, that's a loaded question. Well, I'd rather talk about my music than me. So there you go. Yeah, I'm an Americana, you know, artist, and um, just finished doing my album, The North Fork. It's my first solo debut, and I'm playing in Nashville next month, and uh, at, at uh, a couple of shows out there called The Buzz. And um, yeah, I've been playing for a long time, so so I'm happy to get this record out, kind of into the world. I've been putting it off for a really long time. So it kind of runs the gamut. I kind of jump genres here and there. It's not exactly straight country or straight Americana. So there's some alternative stuff in there. And I guess we leave it to the listeners to decide. I don't quite fit in. So, you know.
1: So, Deb, I've read that your music is rooted in contemporary moves and classical influences, whipped into shape by a longtime traveler Who's used the crossroad, the crossing borders? So my question, you know, at first I was thinking, crossing borders, is she an illegal alien? And then <laughs> I was going through, I was going through your uh, bio and actually found out that you're a military brat.
2: Yeah, I am. I was born in Waco, Texas, and my dad's a colonel in the Air Force, and I think that's what they meant when they wrote that, was that I'm, I'm kind of a traveler and have been most of my life. So maybe that's why my music doesn't quite fit into something specific, because I've moved around a lot and my taste and my music taste are, you know, all over the place a little bit.
0: And what took you so long to write this album? You said that you've been working on this for quite a while.
2: You know, I actually um, I haven't been working on the album. I actually cut it actually pretty quickly during the pandemic. In literally a couple of months, um, I guess I kept putting it off because um, I wasn't quite sure what road I was going to take. And I, I actually got sick during COVID without COVID. And by the way, I'm glad you guys are well and over that now. So um, but I got sick during COVID and ended up in the hospital, not with COVID, but just, you know, pneumonia. Oh, no. And I was in the hospital. And I was like, oh, my God, I never finished that damn record. Because I just kept putting it off. Um, I like being behind the scenes. I like being, I like playing bass. I like being a a person who um, I enjoy playing music. I don't exactly like being out front all the time. So it was very easy for me to just keep playing and not put all this personal stuff out front. You know?
1: So are you bashful?
2: I mean, I don't think my friends would call me bashful. But I am a little uncomfortable putting myself out there in front of people, you know, a little bit. So it's really challenging for me, a little, you know, it's challenging. It takes me a while. I just really have to be in the music and shut my eyes and not pay attention to the people out there and what they may be thinking or anything. And when you're doing your personal music, you know, as a musician, you're really putting yourself out there. And um, I don't know if I always like that, drawing that attention to myself. So I'm happy being in my studio. I'm happy making music. I'm happy editing and shooting and doing all those things behind the scenes, so it was easy for me to put off until I was in the hospital and went, oh my God, what if I don't come out of here? And I was like, damn it, I said I was going to put that album out. So I didn't spend a lot of time on it. I actually just took the stuff I had written and the stuff I I wrote, a couple of older tunes that I had, and I just said, screw it, you know, stop thinking about it and just do it. And then I literally went into the studio and I want to say almost roughly, but we, you know, I, it, when I do record, I like to record with a live band and we couldn't really do that on every single song because we were, you know, in lockdown. Luckily I had, you know, the studio rock and rode literally right across the street from our house. And, uh, my, my good buddy who produced the record, we play music and stuff all the time. I just said, if you're willing to have us come over, let's just lay this sucker down. And so we did actually kind of quickly and then I wasn't sure how it was going to turn out. And then I went, okay, who cares? Right. Just, Put your stuff out and do it.
1: So at this point, you are officially a solo artist. What led you to this transition from because you were in a daisy chain. You're in a band. I can't remember what the the swing or swing. And then you were in Morrison and Company. And I honestly thought when you had Morrison and Company, you were solo at that point. So what was what led to the transition from band to Deb Morrison Superstar?
2: <laughs> oh, God, hardly. I, I Well, Morrison and Company is my band, and I play with all the same guys that were in Morrison and Company. I was just advised to, you know, people didn't know, is this all your material you're writing? Is this all your songs? And I was like, yeah, it is. You know, it was suggested to me that I change over to my name instead of using the band. But the band is still the same, the same, same guys. You know, I'm a loyal a loyal cat, so all the same players are the same players, and, you know, it's the same band. And um, But it was confusing to a lot of people, I guess, is, is it, you know, whose music is it? So I finally decided, you know, I was hiding behind it, you know, being behind the thing, because I was like, oh, it's the band's name, not mine. So this is a big leap for me, you know, jumping yeah. out.
1: Well, you know what was funny? Because I was like, I bet this is all her. But it's funny that you said I was kind of afraid. Because I was the same way. Because I've been in a band for a while. And originally, I just called it the No Stone. And then I at some point, I was just like, you know what? Damn it. If I'm going to do all the work and be in charge of all this stuff and I have to pay people all this damn money, it's going to be called Uncle Brent. So Uncle Brent and No Stone. So yeah, I can kind of kind of relate to that. So that's interesting.
2: How long yeah. have you been uh, playing? Oh God, I've been playing since well, I started playing guitar and stuff when I was in college. I don't know, God, wow, it's <laughs> a good question. I've been playing for a long time. You know, I was been in a lot of bands. Started playing bass in the late '80s, whatever that math is, and. um I was playing in all kinds of bands back then. I always remember those times being the happiest times ever because I would play sometimes in multiple bands, and I'd be driving home, and then on my way to the next rehearsal going, God, this is is awesome. Never expecting to make any money out of it, and I still don't, but it makes me happy. So, yeah.
1: I refer to college as the best teen years of my life, too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What made you want to be a musician? Was there like a defining moment?
2: Well, I think I always in the back of my mind, deep in the recesses of my mind, always thought, God, I just I just want to play music and, and, you know, be a musician and play and sing and express myself musically because I had such a it was just so inside of me. You know what I mean? So I think I always kind of knew it. Um, But I didn't necessarily dive into that 100 percent until a little bit later, until I felt like I. I, you know, screw it. Why not? What's keeping me from going there? You know, I think I always deep down knew it, you know, in my soul.
0: Do you remember the first time you played in front of like a crowd, the first time you played with a band? Was it terrifying or was it like, yes, this is what it's I'm meant to do?
2: It was a, a combination, you know, it's a lot easier being a bass player. I Generally... Back in the day, I played bass and sang backup, and, that, and and there wasn't that many female bass players around or people who sang, you know, women who sang backup. backup. So it seemed like it was a popular thing at the time. I was like, well, damn, it's, it's good I'm not really a guitar player because everyone's a guitar player, and I'm going to find my little niche here. And I did, but it was a lot easier being in that position. And the first time I've been in front of a lot of people was at Club Lingerie, which is no longer open, with my band Daisy Chain. Club laundry. I know, I know. Brenda can see it all going on. It wasn't that kind of club, but uh, back in the day, sure, days, it, was it wasn't cool for the yeah, kids.
1: It won't be just for the kids,
2: <laughs> right? And I remember being nervous, and then I remember two songs in going, "Oh, this is awesome." I would like to talk about the North Fork. This is
1: a cool, sultry little song with a nice intro. You know, because you're kind of just riffing over the beginning, the intro. And then I was doing work. I do a lot of passive it, passive listening because I have a day job, but it's a computer day job, so I get to listen to a lot of music. And so when I was working, I was listening to it, and I heard the change going from the verse to the chorus, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. I heard it in the second verse going to the second chorus again. I was like, okay, I have to know what the hell's going on here. So I grabbed my guitar and I was like (laughs) trying to figure it out. And the second note or a chord in the chorus is interesting because it's not typical. It really caught my attention, that second chord in the chorus, because it goes a different place than what it normally goes. The other things I liked was the nice guitar solo with interesting tone. I love guitar solos, they're like my favorite guitar, it was a slide guitar, but was it a hollow body guitar that he was using, or was he using a dobro, what was he using?
2: He was, he, it was a lap steel he was using,
0: okay. yeah, okay, so cool. that one
2: was a lap, because we recorded that one, um, believe it or not, that we recorded that, you know, virtually, yeah, it, we, we weren't in the studio together for that one, which is, was strange, yeah. Normally, I can answer that question. Usually, I have a pedal steel, and that was a lap steel on that one.
1: Yeah, that sounded really good. I really liked it because you used a guitar. Um, so yeah. is this kind of a reflection song? Like I got Some of your lyrics, like you were saying, talking to a girl that I once knew. She's in bare feet in the cool American River where the north and south fork meet. I found her here running like she was 10. There she goes. It's nice to meet you again.
2: It is. It is. Yeah. It's exactly exactly what you said is exactly what it you know, what it is to kind of get back to the place where you where you started that um, I was really feeling like I wanted to find that place that that makes you feel calm, where you can have joy and peace and and um, and to go back to those places that bring you those things. And a lot of times I found I would be thinking about the, where the North and South Fork meet in, in in the American River is a place called Folsom, California. It's where those two rivers, you know, converge, basically. And um, I went to high school there. It's a beautiful little rodeo river town. Um, not so little anymore, but very quaint. And I had a lot of really good memories there. And a lot of the things that I find that I do now as an adult, you know, those things started there. My love of nature, and love of the outdoors and and, um, and and all of that. So it's really about getting back to that place and those things and being really honest with yourself as to what it is that brings you joy. what do you want to do and to get away from all of the noise and find that find that spot. So it is a reflection song.
1: I like the way you recorded the video too and because I was like watching, I think it was you and the guitars that were pretty much in that video, right?
2: Yes, just that's me. That's my husband. He is the guitar main guitar player in my band. Luckily, I was stuck with him all during COVID. So we got to do a lot of writing. (laughs) (laughs) But but
1: because I was watching y'all when you said running like she was 10, it like gave me a visual image of what you may look like as a 10 year old just running around and having a good time. So I thought that was interesting. Earthquakes
2: there? you know what everyone always talks about the earthquakes but my mom lives in florida and every year she's calling me you know the tornadoes and the you know yep. the, the, the crazy weather she i lost 12 trees on my property where you know we've got everything shut down in the shutters every year a couple times a year she with the hurricane, she calls me with that yep. and she's like but you have the earthquakes and i'm like a little we, shaky uh, shaky and it's always problems right. right a little shaky yes. shaky, shaky. It's a little yes, shaky, don't. shaky. You know, the Northridge earthquake was a little scary, I have to say. But I'm still here. So there you go. That was a scary one in the middle of the night like that.
0: See, I'd rather but. have earthquakes, though, than tornadoes. I don't like tornadoes. Yes. They're the finger of God. And they just like hit a house, hit a <laughs> house, skip a house. You'd never know. It re- uh, No, absolutely not. No. Yeah, I hate it. I can't wait to go back to yeah. the West Coast. Well, I'm here. We'll
2: have a cocktail when you come out.
1: Y'all can do that in Nashville. <laughs> Go see her in Nashville.
2: I really might. Or in Nashville. I'll buy you a cocktail in Nashville if you make it out there with your bad foot.
0: Well, hopefully it heals. It's really just a toe. It's just that it's it's mushed. But anyway, so who are you inspired by? Do you have any, like, inspirations that really stuck out to you?
2: I have a lot of inspirations. That's a really loaded question. Um, it's Fire. like the question – Say when you when you say where are you from and I really can't answer the question where I'm from because I'm from everywhere. Right. Um, I can not tell you who's on my playlist n- right now of this week. You know, okay, that's that's good. I listen to a lot of um, who's on my playlist this week? I can actually tell you who's on my playlist this week. Is they Uncle Brent,
1: Brent on there?
2: Is Uncle, Uncle Brent, Brent? is absolutely oh look at that. on you're, there.
1: You're such a liar.
2: I can't believe on it! Right this are, this early it on, in the
1: relationship, yeah. and you're already lying to me. Come on.
2: <laughs> I listen I've been listening to a lot of um, 1960s French-inspired songwriters. You know that sounds okay. a little odd, but I was listening to a lot of that lately. Kind of like modern-day, you know, Serge Gainsborough kind of people. I don't know if you've ever listened to that kind of thing. Some of it's kind of cheeky. Um, so I've been listening to a lot of that lately. Um, that's been inspiring me a lot. I feel like lately I've been I've been feeling kind of a soundtracky vibe, writing really moody pieces that just give a, more of a visual feeling. Um, I think maybe that's why I was inspired by the 1960s kind of cheeky songwriting. They're kind of a little bit hokey, but they're also, you know, a little poetic. So... But I'll pull up my little song list and I'll tell you who else I've got on there.
1: The only French musician I live listen to is a metal player, so from China. Oh well.
2: Oh yeah. From China, I love Vincent. But you know, sometimes those finds are really interesting. You know, they. I, I really like listening to stuff like that, pulling those things out and getting inspired by something different than what I'm usually listening to. Um, I love Patty Griffin. Um, I love. Um, you know, I love Nico Case. I love just rocking out to your 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 normal I mean there's so many people, oh my god. My playlist just for this week is Glenn Campbell, oh, Karen wow. Ann, Serge Gainsburg, Nico Case, Whiskey Myers, Bobby Gentry. I kinda of went back to Bobby Gentry a little bit, just I love her songwriting. Tyler Childers, first aid Kit and the Tyler brothers. Childers. But, but that's my inspiration for the week, and they're all a little bit different. But you know, I change it up every week or so when I start to switch around. But that's who I'm inspired by this week.
1: The things you do with your voice are very interesting to me because I sing too. You you have a very interesting voice because when I was listening to it, like. And I haven't listened to every song you did, but I've listened to a bunch of them to kind of get an idea of who you are, what you're about, kind of what you're doing. And um, it's kind of funny when you sing the up-tempo songs that are kind of a little more rocky, you sing in your higher register. And then when you do your slower songs or more moody songs, you, ch- you tend to sing in your lower register. Is that planned?
2: I really wouldn't call it planned. I'm just doing what I'm feeling, and sometimes I feel like I want to rock a song out and get you know all Chrissy Hyde with it, and other times I feel like I just want to, you know, feel more smoky and you know to tell the story of the lyrics. So, especially with this particular record, we just went in and I just started playing what I was feeling at the time every day i thought a little bit different one day i was feeling kind of cheeky and fun and a little country and you know i want to stop into the roadhouse bar <clears throat> and other days i'm just a little more sentimental or you know um it really depends how i'm feeling depending on how i i sing it but i really don't plan it ahead of time you know i just kind of sing what i feel at the time and that's how it, all that stuff came out <laughs>
0: Which leads me into my next question. What is your songwriting process like? Is is your songwriting pr- process similar to your singing, or do you sort of go, "This is what I'm going to write about today"? Yeah,
2: I think uh, it varies between the two. Sometimes I'm just um, playing, and then we'll come up with a chord progression, and then I'm like, "Ah, okay, there we are," and I'll finish it. Uh, you know, I'll start down that road. And um, a lot of times lyrically, I'm visual person so when I hear music I see things you know I see yep. the visual picture first and that's what brings the that's what brings the, the lyrical story into my mind so sometimes it starts off like that and other times I will just stick it on my voice memo if I'm if I'm playing something that strikes me or I'm like oh I, I've got this this would be a great chorus or whatever and then when I'm out doing my thing driving my car hiking my trail or whatever sometimes it, the lyrics come to me that way I also have notebooks of lyrics that i will sift through and try to uh, like most writers i guess sift through and go oh man i got to finish that sometimes i've got things completely finished you know lyrical stories completely done and then i just tap into ah that's where i'm going to pull that one out you know when i'm playing or we get into a groove or we're just having a live jam and it comes up and i'm like ah oh, hang on a second let me pull those lyrics out and see if that works here
0: i'm looking over at my shelf of like notebooks as you say that (laughs) it's scary it's It's, really yeah and most of them are not done but there's like like it'll hit me and i'll just write it down real quick and then i just put it back on the shelf (laughs) so funny i'll tell you that is where the notes
2: thing with the new modern technology of the phone comes in so handy because i i literally have written songs with voice memos have been so handy i just all of a sudden oh wait oh i've got it sometimes i hum something and i'm in the car I'll hum a chorus or I'll hum what I think is a verse. I'll be singing it. I'll say, oh, I put it in the voice memo. I come home. I, you know, transpose it. I'm like, oh, there we go. So that's been so handy to have that modern technology to walk around with. I'm sure you guys think the same, but I'm very thankful.
1: The only problem with the modern technology is you still have to have problems. If you take your phone into the shower, because that's where I still get my ideas.
2: That's, well, that is a problem. That is a
0: problem. You need an Alexa in <laughs> your bathroom. I
2: just, had that, just had that visual of taking the phone into the shower while you're writing your song, Brent. Thank you for that.
1: That's horrible. You're, you're, you're going to have to therapy for that. Your husband's going to be like, man. Poor guy. Hey, he's good looking, though. He is.
2: Oh, thank you. He's a, he's a good looking nice guy. He's a good guy good person great musician
1: mm-hmm. yes he is
2: that nice guy part is the best part that is the best part he
1: looks you know, like I'm a bad a guy he looks like a bad boy though when well, i met him better. his hair
2: was literally his hair was literally to hear when i met him like uh, you know almost as long as mine when i met him and uh hair or no hair you know he said he's a gem so i got i got lucky
0: Let's jump into that that second song. Let's talk about Blackbird.
2: So um, my good friend Nick Capel, um, our our music studio is literally across the street, and it's called Rockton Road, and he wrote that as a music bed for um, the music series I have called Prickly Pear Presents, and we would do all these promos, and he wrote a music bed for it, and that was it. So we went into the studio, and we were recording the album, I said, oh, my God, you got to pull up the Prickly Pear music bed. I love that. Let's finish that. At the time, two of my really good friends were, were, were you know, fighting for their lives. Um, they both had cancer, two separate friends of mine, but very close to my heart. And I was just going through that process with them, and I was just amazed by their um, their tenacity and their positive attitudes and, you know, Just their fight. I just like my God. These guys are just warriors having to face all of that. You know, when they've got kids, it was just like, oh my God. You know, I couldn't imagine. So that's why. Then I wrote the lyrics to Blackbird to put on the um, to put onto that music bed, because I always felt like I always listened to that song as I was running or hiking, and always when I needed that extra push to get up the, to get up the hill. And uh, so I thought of them, and that's how that one came to be.
1: You know, I'll be honest that the the video, the intro, of the video kind of scared me. I peed on myself a little bit because it was kind of scary. The other things you did throughout the song, were you navigating from your head to your chest voice or chest voice to head? Were you doing a lot of it vocal experimental stuff with your harmonies on that one? Because it's definitely different than Fork.
2: Yes, it's totally different. As a matter of fact, it was interesting that... that um, the label wanted to put out the North Fork first and then Blackbird second. And I was like, oh, I wonder how that's going to, how that, it's so different. I wonder how that's going to, um, you know, translate. And then I decided, uh, who cares? I mean, it, it every every single song I have on that record is so different. And I'm, I'm proud of all of them for different reasons. But um, we really had a good time making that that video. And I really felt it was important to put it out you know, for my friends that were warriors and survived all that stuff. I just was like, oh, we did a lot of experimentation. And I laid a bunch of layers of all kinds of stuff in there. And it was Mm -hmm. really exciting to make because we were just in the studio laying this and like, oh, no, wait, I've got this harmony. Let's lay that. And we just had a great time, you know, putting that whole thing together.
1: I think the the backing harmonies kind of pushes it over the top, you know, because you have some pretty compelling things going on. Like, You have lyrics when I'm laying on the red dirt ground. Don't think you can come and take me down. I ain't got no white flags flying around. That was initially like my favorite lyric. And then you had this cool rhythmic change about 2.31 and the male vocalist comes in and I was like, oh crap! And then he said, I'm hiding (laughs) out in an old oak tree. I'll take you down before you see me. She don't know I got the fire in me. Oh, that, there are some good, good lyrics in that song. Good yeah. Lord. The song is called Blackbird, and the label you're on is called Blackbird. <laughs> so are we supposed to think that's a coincidence?
2: You know what? It was a coincidence completely because Blackbird record label is just what it is, and I wasn't signed to them or anything when we did that song. And, um, of course, I named the song Blackbird because – Especially this huge tree I have it's 200 year old tree in my front yard and there are literally flocks of blackbirds that are up in that tree. It looks so ominous sometimes and so that's Ouch. where that thought awesome. came from. It was really quite a crazy and I always felt like those blackbirds were a sign of you know a, a sign of death. That's why I named it that and then I got signed to the label and then we decided that blackbird was I probably should have changed the title of the song but we didn't. <laughs>
1: Is it exciting to be on the Blackbird record label?
2: It is exciting, and mostly it just—it's meaningful to me. Um, I'm a huge fan of of um, of feeling like people in my life are like family. Good people, you know. Good people that, you know. When I was saying the other day, I like it when people can come over to my house and and they can find their way around my kitchen and know where the forks are. You know, I love that feeling that. Um, I'm surrounded by good, trustworthy friends and family, and that label feels like that to me. They just really and they care, you know. They really do care and take their time, and that's what meant the most to me. So it is exciting because it inspires me, and um, and they keep me excited about everything. I think it's really easy in this business to feel jaded and uh, discouraged. And I never feel that way. I always feel like they're like, hey, let's try this and let's try that. And I feel like they're in my corner and, and they're just good people. So it's cool.
1: Even though you're signed to that label, you know, I really look at you as a as an indie artist kind of fighting your way through this world.
0: Um, you want to ask the question about what a live show's like, since I tried to steal your question last time and you got mad at me.
1: So what is a live show like?
0: <laughs> well, you know what a live show is like. Well, for you, you for you, if we went and saw you live, what okay. would we see?
1: So I have my best pair of chaps on. I've had four tequilas.
0: That's probably. drops
1: drives, drives over to pick me up because I'm not going to drive that way. And she takes, we go <laughs> to the show. drive
0: to Texas from where I'm at, buddy.
1: Hey, just work with me. So, so she picks me up, we go to the show, we walk in the door, we put our money down, we get our tickets, we walk in, we go to the front row. What am What are we going to see?
2: You're going to see me with a tequila shot and a beer chaser and fumbling around in the front, you know, trying to relax myself a, a little bit and tune everybody out. And uh, I've got a great band. I have the best band. Band. I've got a band of great musicians and great guys, and we have an awesome time together. So once we click into each other and we're, we're, we're hanging and we start playing, we just we just have fun, you know? And like I said, I have to shut everybody else out, so I just pay attention to my boys, and we just get in there, and the drinks start to flow, and we have a good time. So you're
1: nervous at the beginning.
2: Yeah, I have to get into that zone. Sorry, once I get that first, so, that first song out, I'm good to go. You know,
1: Sure it's not the tequila and the beer chaser.
2: Well, I I couldn't dismiss that. I think that probably the you know, my husband always says, don't give her any more.
1: <laughs> you know it's more liquid courage.
2: Just a little liquid. I just need a little liquid courage to loosen things up and, you know, get the vocal cords going. And, you know, one shot of like a good Patron tequila and a really cold beer. And I'm like, that's it. I'm good. What's a drag is you have to play really late at night and you have to wait. That's a bummer.
1: <laughs> well, you're kind of high class if you're doing Patron.
2: That's a special. I just like that when it's a smooth one, right? That's a smooth one.
1: It is, but normally I go up to the bar and go, give me the bottom shelf.
2: There's something to be said for the bottom shelf. I don't right know. Now. Yeah. Now I do I like all the high shelf booze, but if I'm going to drink it by itself, I I. I definitely have, uh, I'm definitely for the higher shelf uh,
0: <laughs> Where can people find your music?
2: You can find me at debmorisonmusic.com. Deb Morrison Music on Instagram, on Facebook, Spotify, Apple Music, all of the platforms just under Deb Morrison Music. And where are you
0: playing next?
2: Uh, we are playing in Nashville at a show called The Buzz at Acme Feed and Seed uh, during Americana Fest and uh, at a Magnolia Roads show uh, in Nashville, too, that same weekend.
1: So is this your first trip?
2: No, uh, we've gone every year for the last couple of years, maybe the last three years. We, we always go during Americana Fest to check out all the artists and uh, play a couple of shows down there. And it's always a lot of fun. A lot of our friends are down there playing, so it's really great to go support them. And I was going to say thank you guys for supporting independent music and artists by doing this show and taking the time to really dive into all the artists and giving them time, you know, and supporting them. It's really a cool thing you're doing.
0: Thank you. I really appreciated that.
2: I needed to hear that today.
0: (laughs) One last question, and then we are going to let you go. What advice would you give a young songwriter?
2: The advice I would give a young songwriter is to stay true to yourself and how you feel and don't feel like you have to fit into a specific genre or that you have to do what other people are doing. Do what you truly feel when you're in your room making music and writing music uh, and what comes out of you. Just be true to yourself as an artist and don't feel like you have to sound like somebody else. Um, That would be the first piece of advice for a young songwriter who was writing. And to not be afraid to put it out there, um, even if it's in its infancy, because that, Brent, oh, my God, you're making me laugh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, Brent has let you, literally
2: is taking notes. <laughs> First thing I
1: put was stop wearing your pants too tight, Brent.
2: Well, no, no. I mean, maybe, maybe that's a good thing to wear the pants too tight. You know, you never know. No, it's it depends those
0: my falsetto
2: notes that way. I don't it depends on the person's
1: I don't have a roadie. Some, have
2: people a roadie. Really pants, some people can't. You know what I mean? I do have a um, roadie,
1: so I have to bend over. So we don't want to expose anyone to that. It
2: It makes a good uh, a little backstage shot, I'll tell you that.
1: <laughs> Unintended.
2: <laughs> Go ahead, Deb. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, no. Um, the other thing that I would suggest to... Somebody starting out is it's really hard to get gigs and shows. I don't know. I live in the L.A. area, so it's always difficult. And um, and so if if you can't get a gig or a show, then make your own, you know, don't feel afraid to forge your own way. If you're not getting a gig, you're not booking a gig and uh, you can't get it anywhere, then start your own thing. You know, start your own music series, whether it's at a house or on a porch or whatever the case may be. Start your own thing. You can learn a lot by that. You can learn a lot by booking and organizing bands and, and putting a show together yourself. You start to learn um, what other people on the other side are looking from for, you know, with artists. So. Um, that would be another thing that I think you can gain a lot of experience. If you can't get a show or a gig when you're starting off, then put together your own, you know, wherever it is.
0: That's really good advice.
2: I've learned a lot from doing that. It's been, and it's been a really great experience for me starting Prickly Pear Music Nights. And now I work with the California Country Show and a couple of other shows, but booking them and promoting them has really been a wonderful avenue for me to meet other artists in my music genre. um, And, connect me with people, and um, and learn about what they're looking for on the other end, you know, when you're putting your packages together to send to people, you know, what not to do and what to do. I, I've learned a lot from that. So all in all, it's a good learning experience, and the more you can learn about the business, the better off you are and launching yes. your stuff.
1: You know what? what really helped me learn about music was dating, because... I got used to hearing the word no whether it be before the date or during the date or after the date no I will not go without you you know go <laughs> with you no I will not date you again You know, you. know,
2: I find that hard to believe with your charming debonair way that you got that many no's for starters he didn't get or, that
0: many no's he has a lot of kids don't listen to him <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, when someone tell me yes, I would be like, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Wait, I hear it so, so not often.
1: Did what you look sure? at my resume? Did you see what was in there? I'm clearly not qualified for this.
0: You're funny. You oh.
2: guys are adorable. Oh, thank you. <laughs> You're nice. Well, it's been a pleasure, guys. I'm going to head down to the beach. Awesome. Going to the beach tonight to have a sleepover at my friend's house. Nice.
1: Yes, this is it. Seeing end of the show.
2: This is
0: it. This is the end,
1: my friend.
0: The end. Deb, think was great. I was really enjoyed having her on the show. I really, really like that song, "The North Fork." The main I liked, one. I liked both the songs. Yeah, I mean, I like both the songs, but that one, I really love that, and that's going to be released next month.
1: Next month in September. <laughs>
0: So they're going to get a sneak peek of the track on our show.
1: That's right. Ah,
0: They're getting
1: here first.
0: All right, Brent. Well, we are uh, putting together our tour has gone from a tour to a couple shows, but we are still working on that. And that's going to be awesome. And that's coming up at the end of October. Please like, follow, subscribe to Sound Pollution across social media.
1: Also, download and comment. Even if it is, I hate you. That's just fine. comment. We're, we're used to that. That's fine. We,
0: it's fine. I did I once. did get brave and turn the comments on on the, on the clock app. I'm terrified, yeah. but it's fine. Uh, we will be making a formal announcement about the shows within the next couple weeks. And I think that's all the updates I have for now. We are still healing from separate issues. So things are kind of staggering out. We're doing the best we can, just like everybody else. Brent, anything else?
1: don't have anything else, y'all guys. Take care of yourselves, and Deb, good luck with your release, and May. go make
2: some noise.